Hi, it's Louise here from the Digital PR Podcast. We have something new for you this season, not just a new season of podcast episodes, but mini episodes as well. The guests are all from our very own digital PR team at Propellernet, and we're just going to have quick little chats about the topics that are interesting us at the moment. Hope you enjoy. We're joined today by the wonderful Maddie Davis, uh, one of our PR managers at Propellernet, uh, who's going to be talking to us about finding your niche. Maddie, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Hello. Thanks for having me. So let's start with um, an intro to yourself, your career. How do you find yourself in this spot at this particular time? A good question. Um, so I've been with Propellernet for over two years. Currently, digital PR manager, um, joined as an exec. Prior to that, I was actually working at a different agency and I fell into that from journalism. So I was working in a variety of different roles, mostly like lifestyle journalism and then um, on breaking news desks for a little bit as well. And when I was there, I started getting like really cool campaigns through. Um, That was at the time when like, the infographics were kind of rife in digital PR. So that's where I was kind of receiving all the time. Um, but there's so many cool things. And I remember thinking I was the wrong side of the job. And that's kind of how I fell into digital PR. There you go. And it is very much to our benefit because what a pleasure it is to have you at Propelling It and to be speaking to you today to learn about finding your niche. So let's kick off with um, hopefully a fairly simple question. Um, but for our listeners' benefit, what do we mean or what do you mean when we use the word niche in relation to digital PR? How would you summarize it? Yeah, I think it's an interesting one when it comes to a niche in PR, because I think it's a really big misunderstanding that like many small businesses believe that PR is something that they can't do, like it's a service that is just large brands or like kind of the top dogs in their industry. But actually, like, that's not really the case. Like, if your business, it doesn't have to be one of these big brands that's a household name to everybody or globally renowned. It can be something, any kind of brand from any industry, as long as they use PR effectively, this is how they can really tap into their niche. So I would define a niche in PR as if you're an expert in your sector, no matter how specific that sector is. So whether it's like finance or if you're in real estate, your expertise can actually be the bedrock for an amazing digital PR campaign, story, press office, whatever kind of activity it is that you're doing for your client. So that would be like sharing insights into how world events have impacted your industry. Um, I think we saw a lot of it in lockdown, a lot of like fintech companies in particular saying that they seem like kind of a boom in the use of their products. I imagine Zoom was one of them where suddenly everybody was using yeah. Zoom. So if your sector is kind of affected by anything that's in the news and you can tap into that by pushing yourself out there as the spokesperson for that very specific niche. Give us some examples of um, niche campaigns or stories that you've worked on, like any particular yeah, any particular favourites? I'm really intrigued as to how you answer this, actually, because it will remind me of all the wonderful things you've worked on. But yeah, any examples? <laughs> yeah, I think um, I'm quite lucky. 
as you know, Steve, I work on a variety of clients at Propellanet. Um, I think one of my favorites, though, will always be the Pancake Day reactive story that we did for Rated People. So Rated People are a find a tradesperson platform based in the UK, which like some clients, if you've got a very niche client, when you say the actual what they do or the kind of the industry they play in, you might think that's very just set in stone of what they do. So you might think it's quite hard to come up with ideas and do PR stories for them. But when you actually nail down like all the things that you can do to talk about tradespeople and home and property and trends and all the aspects of life that you actually need a tradesperson, um, there's so much more that you can do with it. So we have a lot of fun on racial people. I think it's fair to say a lot of fun. And yeah, my favorite niche that we've uh, done as a reactive story was around Pancake Day, which I'm sure you remember um, because everybody's going crazy about it on our Slack channel. But it was essentially, we went to the plumbing expert and spokesperson at Rated People and just kind of talking about what kind of things people can expect when cooking with flour and oil and Pancake Day. And is there anything that we can talk about around this and landed on the fact that actually it's a very common thing for people to pour mixture away so it's a great opportunity to pull on the expertise of plumbers and say the dangers of pouring away pancake mixture and also how much it could cost to fix the damage that is caused so that's extremely niche um and something <laughs> that you could only do with plumbers, do you know what I mean? No, you couldn't yeah, yeah. really pull anybody else in to do that. So I think that would be one of my favourites that I've worked on. Yeah, so I remember that one well, because I actually <laughs> remember I was on paternity leave when that story came out, and I actually spotted that just in the news, which shows PR works, and it's useful as well, because <laughs> you're right, that expertise could only come from a plumber, and I was planning on making pancakes, and I remember seeing the story, not knowing that we'd done it, <laughs> I was off work and going oh that's the kind of thing I do I would pour pancake batter away so I better I better not do that and you touched on something else that I just wanted to um wanted to ask you about because you sort of talked about how you extracted that information and came up with the idea because a lot of these niches these uh, people that have expertise in certain industries it's the kind of thing we're not going to know about so is it just a case of being curious, asking as many questions as possible to extract the right kind of info for stories, ideas, or do you go about it in another way? Yeah, I definitely think that's part of it is, so for most agencies, I imagine we have an onboarding process, we get to know the client and you get to know the things they want to talk about and the publications they want to get coverage in, which is great. But I think once you've got that, it's very easy to fall into a trap of being like, well, I know the client now, so we know this works. We know they like doing that, so we're going to do that continually because it works. Yeah. But I think it's so important as well to keep asking, well, what other areas can they play into? What other expertise do they have that we haven't even looked at yet? And just constantly trying to find ways that you can position them in these different niches as well. And if they are the expert voice and they can provide expertise it, and it's relevant to them, then there's no reason why it 
it won't work and why it won't be relevant when a journalist sees rated people, plumbers commenting on the dangers of pouring pancake mixture down the drain. Um, so yeah, it's definitely that. And it's, you know, it's a team effort, very much somebody will spark some idea of talking about pancake day, um, much like you said, thinking about, oh, that's definitely something I would do is pour pancake mixture down. So we asked people in the PR team, is this something that everybody does? Or is this just because somebody did say in the PR team, like who on earth has some leftover? Like, why are you pouring any away? So we, that was a bit of a red flag. But once you soundboard the idea as well and realize, actually, this is something that people resonate with. That was another indication, I think, that, OK, this has legs in it because it works for press as well as consumers who will be reading it. I was going to ask, you know, why do you think it was so effective or why do you think tapping into a niche is so effective in that way? Is it is it because the the expertise is so focused? Was it for that one because it was topical? Like, what, what do you think? Yeah, I think for this one, it was definitely a few things. First one being we started pitching this about four days before Pancake Day. So I've seen some people talk about this on Twitter as well. If there's like a hook that you're using, how far in advance do you start pitching it? And for some stories, you might be pitching it, you know, like a month ahead of that hook. But for Pancake Day, we had a look um, on Google search to see when people start searching for like recipes and what to do with pancake mixture. And it was peaking around that period. So we thought that's a great time to start pitching. And we primarily focused on SEO writers to begin with, knowing they would know when to write the story, what people would be searching for. So they knew that covering it would gain clicks. And that's what a lot of journalists are going after at the moment is how much traffic they're driving to the website. So that was definitely a large part. And I think the second part, um, completely what you said about it being very relevant to journalists, knowing that consumers are doing this. This is something that they would do at home. But also we had the expertise there that were relevant to our client. It wasn't as if we were positioning like an expert in something that had nothing to do with plumbing or the safety of your home. It was extremely relevant. And also, obviously, the cost of living crisis is something you have to deal with quite delicately when you're in PR and you don't want to be using it for the sake of using it. But mm -hmm. the plumber, when we spoke to him, said estimated how much it could cost in damages and that was just in the press release it wasn't something that we really focused on but then consumer and personal finance journalists started picking up on that one aspect of the press release as well so I think because this was in February when cost of living was definitely one of the most talked about things for the first two quarters of the year anyway I think it gained a lot more traction from that as well. So we had kind of multiple layers to that story, um, the warning, the expertise, the tips, and the financial aspect to it. Um, and then on top of that, all of the verticals that we could go to with the story. So mm -hmm. food press as well, like BBC Good Food was one that picked it up. Um, and then news, like Sky right. News covered it as well. So a real variety of people that we could outreach this story to. So it's a very good mixture no pun intended, of things that worked for Pancake Day. You definitely intended that one. Um, you <laughs> it's on my did, hand. And I love yeah. that. I love that. Yeah, written on your hand as a note, must get that in. Um, so it's tapping into the right expertise at the right time. But how did you, um, you mentioned there's a lot of verticals to go to, which is obviously a very clever way of doing it. 
um and you know benefits us and, and the client hugely but like how did you pitch that in like with was it a full-on because I, I i must admit i genuinely don't know for this one because i don't work mm -hmm. on that client i wasn't working at the time was it a full press release was it like a um just some expert comment with a few stats around it like how did you do it yeah it was not like a full press release like we'd usually do it was more mm -hmm of an upfront pitch. So I remember the subject line was expert warns and then like of the dangers of pouring pancake mixture away. And we also then went with the financial subject line as well, which was around um, pouring pancake mixture down your drain could result in 300 pound damages after that was realized and personal finance would be interested in this story. And then we went into rated people plumbing experts have warned and gave the warning the rough estimation of how much it would cost and then we listed the the tips of what the plumber recommended doing instead of pouring mixture away and then we had a comment from somebody from the brand which is nat white from rated people as we often mm -hmm. use her as the authoritative voice as yeah. um brand so that was used well in a lot of coverage so I think it was made up essentially of about three or four parts, much smaller, condensed than a you know full press release. Um, and yeah, I think that especially going to SEO journalists as well who want kind of the headline of what's trending and what they know people are searching for, and just snappy kind of takeaways from that. So yeah. that's probably another reason why it worked. It wasn't an overcomplicated formula of what people had to do no simple impactful like genuine expertise i guess you didn't test it at any point so you didn't deliberately pour pancake mixture down your sink and then see how much the <laughs> it cost to fix which would be going yeah. to the absolute nth degree <laughs> i'm quite thorough with my work but i'm not that thorough <laughs> no totally fair totally fair <laughs> um oh aside from the pancake story and, and stuff that uh maybe you've worked on or maybe it is other stuff you worked on but have you seen any other kind of niche campaigns or stories that you think have been you know really effective in, in a similar way two come to mind and they're more um larger campaigns bigger executions um the first one annoyingly it is a propellant one i didn't work on it um but it's one that's talked about quite a lot still even though it was done maybe three years ago now and that's the scrap car comparison rage yard. I think um, having a scrapping client, so many people would think like that is extremely niche, kind of like the definition of a niche is a scrappage system. So to be able to use that and use the current events that was taking out your anger of a dreadful year after lockdown and the government and many other things that were going on and being able to take your anger out in a scrapyard is just like the perfect way to to like it completely defines i think pr and a niche pr i think that was chef's kiss i wish i'd worked on it um but it's before my time at propellant so that's, that's a good one, one. that is such a good one um and then the second one I think we've all talked about this in Propellanet, is the Habito, the road to completion story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Love, love, love this story. So um, for context, Habito are designed so that your mortgage, home surveys and 
legal work are all hosted in one place and their purpose is literally to make home buying as easy and enjoyable as possible. So anybody who knows um, and has bought a house knows it's, it can be very stressful um, and it can lead to arguments maybe with your partner when times are particularly stressful. Um, and they just managed to really lean into that so well by creating the Road to Completion book. And this obviously is a big execution because they actually created a book um, that was also paid with, uh, paid with survey data that found that one in 10 couples say that getting the mortgage made their sex lives go like all together. And they had so many more survey like stats in there and kind of piggybacked on the idea of um, their interpretation of property porn as well, paired the two together and came up with this comic book that highlighted the added pressure and uncertainty caused by buying a home. Um, I can't remember the characters' names in the book, but they went all out in showing just um, how much it impacts both the couple and how stressful it can be and how that road to completion can be a little bit testing. Again, very niche, because it's not as if they were an estate agent or anything trying to think of another kind of like real estate based client like that one is quite niche in making the moving process simple so very very good one another good example i love that too really uh really clever clever use of the product the expertise the niche for sure and finally maddie what would we going to tap into your advice now you've given some amazing examples and like an overview of how you've done it how you do it what would be your advice for someone, whether they're new to the industry, established in the industry, what have you, looking to create kind of a niche campaign or, or story for a client? What are the starting points and, and what, where do you go? I think I've touched on it already a little bit, but I think the number one thing that like I still do, as I already said, is to sit down and like really map out the space that your client has to play in. So rather than just seeing like rated people, for example, rather than just seeing it as a platform for people to find a tradesperson, being able to say, well, what else comes from that? So from that comes home improvement or DIY. There also comes like on the moments where you need a tradesperson, it's like what's happened? Is it DIY gone wrong? Have you tried a TikTok trend that didn't go to plan? Um, there's so many areas where so many different tradespeople can have an impact on your life as well so I think by mapping all of that out and I can't remember who said this in Propellinet but somebody very wise I can't remember who said to not think that probably you Steve the wisest person in you're gonna (laughs) pet that part (laughs) rather than thinking outside of the box like think of it like a mind map so rather than thinking beyond your client because we still need it to be really relevant so rather than thinking beyond it, just thinking as a mind map, what is still attached to, but not too far removed that you're then not a relevant voice of authority. Um, and I think by having that just kind of laid out in front of you, or if it's on like your Slack notes or anything, um, you can always just come back to it when it comes to ideas, or if there's then something reactive and you realize that's on your list of areas that you can talk about with your client, you're in a really good position to kind of jump onto that and and go from there um I think the other thing that I'd suggest just from past experience and kind of from learning is it's really useful as on onboarding 
with a client to get quotes signed off from them ahead of time and just saving them down because clients are busy. And when it comes to really needing to turn it around, especially if it's like a reactive piece, if you are then like 36 hours late to going out with it, the story's already passed. So if you've got it saved down, it's so handy then just knowing that the client has already signed it off. You can add the color that you need, all of the PR stuff that you need to it. And then you can go out and there's no kind of waiting around and then being really annoyed that you miss the boat. Very sound advice, Maddie, because I think that's it's quite an undervalued thing, particularly at the start of a relationship where you're like, OK, let's really think about exactly what we can talk about that is mm-hmm. well different from other people. Where does our real expertise lie? But also getting some pre-approved comment um, kind of signed off and, and ready to go. Um, so you're, you're ready to take advantage of things that are well, it moves fast, doesn't it? In our industry, it does move fast. Yes. You've got to be you've got to be quick. Um, Maddie, thank you so much for joining us and for your um, your expertise, your knowledge, your great pun um, <laughs> and everything on finding your niche. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> thank you. It's OK to sign off in Welsh. You are Welsh. It's a beautiful sign off. Oh, every time. <laughs> Thanks, Maddie. Thanks. Bye.